Hey, hey, welcome to Coffee and Devotions this Tuesday morning, May 19th. This is where every weekday morning at 9 a.m. and on the weekends before my kids wake up, you and I, we have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and this year, 2020, we'll work through all the Gospels together. This morning, we are at Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 26. I'm going to break our pattern a little bit, and I think that I'm going to make the chunk a little bit larger because I think they fit together well. So... Instead of stopping at verse 28, we're going to go down to verse 31. So Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 26 and continuing to verse 31. Let's go ahead and grab our coffee and get into God's Word. All right. Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 26. Here we go. Then he released, he being Pilate, then Pilate released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee to him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for what you teach us about what you have done in the past, true historical events that have real life, eternal implications for us today and for our entire eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning, and it's good to see, let's see, uh, Suzanne says she's here, Debbie, good morning, Molly, good morning. It's good to see you guys here. Well, we always start by asking ourselves, A, what is this about? And as I was looking this over and thinking about this, I realized, you know, I think that there's a bigger section that goes together. And so that's why we read all the way through verse 31. And so I'm going to ask you, like I do every morning, what would you write in the margin of your Bible as a one-sentence, a little summary of what this is about. Right? So the New King James Version splits it up. They have the scourging of Jesus, and then they lump 29 through 31 until Jesus is led to Golgotha. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to agree with that split, because I think that when they take Jesus to the praetorium and they twist the crown of, uh, or the twist the crown of thorns and place it upon Jesus' head. I think those are connected together. And so in the margin of my Bible, I would write something like, uh, Jesus is condemned and mocked for being king of the Jews. So that's what I would do in my Bible. That's how I would summarize it. But by all means, you can disagree with me. You could, maybe you have a different insight, maybe... I'd love to hear how you would summarize it in your Bible. What is this about? Well, I'm going to just go through a little bit here why I think that it's about Jesus being condemned and being mocked as the king of the Jews. Remember, that is what he was being sentenced for. The, the word Christ 
is Christos. It's translated from the Hebrew word Messiah. And Messiah, if we were to put that into English, is anointed. And it was the king who was anointed. And so Jesus is on trial, essentially, as a usurper of the crown. So the Roman emperor is the crown king of the known Western world at this time. And Jesus is seen as an upstart trying to overthrow that rule. And so Pilate releases Barabbas to them. He scourges Jesus and he delivers him to be crucified. And then it's interesting what happens. The soldiers take Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. So this is thousands of soldiers surrounding Jesus at the palace or at the, the praetorium. There's some, some debate over where this is. This is either the fortress that's right next to the temple that's called the Anatonia, or it could have been Pilate's residence, which would have been over by Herod's palace on the western side of the city. We're not sure exactly where this praetorium is. Praetorium just means the camp. So somewhere there, they take Jesus. And what do they do to our Lord? Well, they strip him of his normal clothes, and they put a scarlet robe on him. Right? They put a kingly robe on him. And after they put that kingly robe on him, what do they do? They, 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 take, they take, think of like rose bushes or some type of thorny branch, and they twist those into a crown, and they, they put that crown upon his head. And then they put a staff in his hand. If you've ever seen any of the official portraits of the British or the French monarchs, they normally will have their crown and a staff by which they, it's a symbol of their rule. And so what do they do? They do all this to him, and then they bow the knee to him, and they mock him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! I want you to back up for a second and think about that. Jesus Christ, the master and the maker of the universe, the one who knew each and every one of these soldiers who had given them life, they're standing before and mocking. They're standing before the second person of the Godhead and they're mocking him as king of the Jews. It wasn't just mocking him with that, but then they spat on him. They took the reed and they struck him on the head. And when they mocked him, they, then they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him, and then they led him away to be crucified. So Pilate hands him over to be crucified. The Roman soldiers mock him, and then he is finally led away to be crucified. The soldiers had to have their turn. Well, I think in my Bible, what I'm going to underline is what I think the best verse that summarizes this is I'm going to highlight verse 29. I think that kind of gets at the heart of this passage, what they're doing and why they're doing it. They're recognizing that Jesus is the king of the, of the Jews, but they're mocking him for it. And so, but you might disagree with me, and that'd be okay. I'd love to hear what you would underline in your Bible. Would you maybe underline verse 31, or would you underline verse 26? Let, let me know what you would underline in your Bible. Feel free to let me know down in the comments. Well, the last thing we have to ask ourselves is, what are we called to do, right? We always ask, A, what is the best verse? 
or sorry, A, what is this about? B, what is the best verse to summarize it? And C, what am I called to do in response to this passage? And this is where it goes from historical reality to personal significance. This is where for you, you need to take it out of its original context. It's first century written to, to Jews, right? Matthew is written largely to a Jewish audience. And you're translating it now into a 21st century application. How is God calling you to apply this in your own life? We, there's no immediate commandment here. But how is the Holy Spirit pressing on you? Is it that you've thought too little of the pain that Jesus suffered on that cross? And you need to think about that. Is it that this is teaching us that Jesus is the king of the Jews, that Jesus is the king of the kingdom of heaven? This has been Matthew's theme all throughout the book, as Jesus is the king of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus told us to pray for that in the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And this is one of the steps to that goal. Maybe you haven't thought about Jesus as your king Maybe you haven't bowed your knee to Jesus, not mocking him, but serving him, loving him as your king who would endure the cross for you. I don't know. There's, there's a whole bunch of applications there. There's a whole bunch of applications that could go beyond that. Have you grieved your king with your conduct? If your king saw what you were doing this morning, today, how you interacted with your spouse, how you interacted with your kids, with your siblings, would, would your king smile down upon you? I don't, there are many applications that you can have for this. And I loved, I'd love for you to message me. You know, sometimes these are more specific and you don't want to post them in the comments. And I, I'm always overjoyed when you message me about that. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray now that, that we would be doers of God's word. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ and the finished work that he did upon that cross. We thank you that our king lives. We thank you that you ascended up upon that hill and you willingly took your place upon that cross for us to be our king. Lord, to be our sin bearer. Lord, we thank you that even though the Roman garrison might mock Jesus, even though they might make fun of him, they might have, or they might not have seen, but you truly are the Son of God. You have given us a great king. You are a great king. And Father, we pray that we would look up to you. We know that your face shines down upon us and that by your grace and love you did these things. And Father, we pray that we would be faithful citizens of your kingdom and that our hearts would be always overflowing with joy for who you are as our great king. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that God blesses you today and gives you peace. Shalom.